0: Hey fam, welcome to the Still Coloring Podcast with Tony Collier. I am your host, Tony Collier, and each series we lean into the stories of women and men that uncover their brokenness and practically show us all how they've rebuilt their lives with hope and grit. Come on, come on, let's lean in. Hey fam, it's Tony. I'm so excited about this episode of the Still Coloring Podcast. We've been in this season talking about embracing pain and it has just been a spicy season, okay? But in this episode, it's It's just one of the good ones. I just got to say that. I mean, they're all just so good in this one. I would say the one thing that you're going to get out of it uh, with Ruth is that sometimes we stay in our pain because we want to strive to numb the pain instead of striving to actually heal. And the truth is some of the greatest pain comes from our rejection and trying to seek approval from others. But the truth is, it's just because we're striving for the world's acceptance when we really should just be surrendered at the feet of Jesus. And here's the deal. For those of you in a painful season right now and you're trying to strive your way out of it, I want to invite you to really sit in this episode, really invite the parts of you who want to strive, who want to achieve and say, all right, guys, we're just going to sit surrendered We're going to listen, we're going to learn, we're going to grow. After you listen to this episode, I know you'll be blessed, so blessed, you will need to share this with someone else who should also be blessed by my good friend, Ruth. Check it out. Well, hello, guys. I'm so super excited, family, because we are here with another episode of the Steel Coloring Podcast. And season two has been especially spicy because we've been talking about pain. And this episode, I think, is going to be one of those ones Uh, where you're kind of going to feel like you're peeking into two friends talking like in a living room type situation. And I think those are the best episodes because the guest this time isn't just, you know, an author and the founder of an incredible uh, brand called Grace Laced. Uh, She's not just a podcaster. I mean, she's a friend friend. Okay, she is a friend. And so this conversation is, in my personal opinion, makes me feel really safe Makes me feel like I have the ability to be vulnerable and honest, and it's just going to be really good. And I'm always honest, but there's just something special when you get to interview a friend. I have my friend, Ruth Joe Simons, in the building. Ruth, how you feeling?
1: Oh, my goodness. That's so good to be here. I am just loving being (laughs) on your podcast. I wish you were here in my house once again since... We just got to see each other and it was probably one of my favorite things this fall to have you in my home. Listen,
0: first of all, that home is spectacular, okay? But not only is the home spectacular, but the view that you have is spectacular. And, I mean, you live in Durango, Colorado. I had to take two planes to get to where you are, okay? Um, I mean, really. But it was so worth it. It was, it was so worth it. it, so worth it, it. little puddle jumper. <laughs> I did. I had my little jumper. I had hiking boots, okay? Um oh my goodness. And it was really, really great. I'm excited, Ruth, because... The fact that we were just together literally last week um, as we're recording this uh, means that we've already gotten to start the conversation about really hard things in your story, in your life. And now we just get get to continue that conversation and we get to bring all of our listeners, our friends along for the ride. Um, We're talking about embracing pain this season. And what we've discovered is that almost every single person that has breath in their lungs has endured pain, maybe going through current pain right now. And of course, because we live in this world, May go through some really painful seasons in the future. What we right. want to do today is we would love to peek into your story of pain maybe a painful moment in your life, in your family's life, in your business, whatever, and unpack it in a way um, that shows how you endured it. You came out on the other side, and maybe you're still on a healing journey with it. So if you can, Ruth, talk to us about a painful part of your story. Oh, well, thank you for that. And I just am so grateful that we get to have this
1: kind of conversation and um, be real, you yeah, know, with the, the the folks who are listening. And um I don't always get to talk about this part of my life, but, Mm. you know, I wrote a little bit about it in a recent book that I was born in Taiwan and immigrated to the United States when I was almost four years old. And, you know, the quickest summary is that my parents were looking for the American dream. They wanted Mm. to go to school. They wanted to um, build a business, build a life. And when they came and landed here, there was enough family drama with um, one side of our family that was already here. Yeah. That. And listen, I was so young then. I don't know all the ins and outs, and I still don't know. But it was intense enough that those dreams did not come to fruition. In Mm. fact, we parted ways with some of that family, and it became a very, very... Painful beginning to my entire um, childhood here and life in the United States. And so um, I did not know English at that time. It still kills me that I write books and speak for a living in a second language. Yeah. Um, Tony, I don't know if I've ever told you that I didn't stop praying in Mandarin in my head until I was like in college. So, I mean, when we're talking about second language,
0: it's really a second language. Like a for real second language out here, not for fake. Like, not for fake. Right. And so, so,
1: you know, when I get extra nervous sometimes I forget very simple English words but that's that's the side point so you know as as you can (laughs) did you not know that Um, so so you know when I was young I just want to bring you into the way in which Mm. you know this may not seem like a big trauma but when you're really young and Mm. you don't know the language and your parents are um disheveled and displaced and feel like they don't belong some of the greatest pain is when you're rejected right and so mm. I'll just start there and say um I knew rejection from a really young age um wow very much from um even I I'll just start by saying I was probably the only girl that looked like me I'm a mm. Chinese American woman woman. And I was raised in um, in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Okay. Yeah, that's for sure. We There were not a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And there were not a lot of Asians in the 80s um, at that time. And I remember just fielding a lot of comments that are very, very Mm. hurtful. And so, you know, when I was really young, I basically um, started a real long Relationship with um, seeking approval by because sometimes when we want to numb the pain, the pain of feeling rejected, the pain of not belonging, that's good, the pain of not um, taking the right kind of lunch to school. Because I clearly just remember so clearly that the right lunch was, you know, rainbow bread with bologna and Come American on. cheese. I took fried rice, which I know, girl, you and I would love. Rice right
0: I would have sat lunch, at the right? lunch table with you right?
1: and said, let me give like you a little lunch- bit. <laughs> it ain't popular when you're a kindergartner in the yep. 80s yep. and everybody's taking their little strawberry shortcake lunch pails with <laughs> um, with their little rainbow white bread. So all I know is I I started learning how to numb the pain mm. by uh, not talking about it, not thinking about it, but trying to be better than everybody else. Just mm. trying to be so amazing yeah. that somehow belong by the things that I would do. And so I started learning how to seek approval from others by um, Mm. meeting their expectations. That was even in our own home. You know, there was a lot of passive aggressive comments and passive aggressive. um, Well, and just a lot of not so passive um, aggression in the home about the way I looked or the, how I Mm. achieved or didn't achieve or what was expected of me. And yeah, You know, at that time, my parents were not believers and they did the best they could. But I just know that there was a good long season of my childhood Mm. that um, was fraught with both um, some physical pain and some emotional pain. Um, It wasn't necessarily trauma that we can all say, you know, is exactly one way or another. But it was just trauma that came in the form of being not accepted for who you really are. Ooh, wait a minute. That started a very long journey with striving.
0: All right. So some of you listening know about my past with marriage. I was in a really toxic marriage, very verbally abusive, and I got a divorce and I got remarried really quickly. And I got to tell you this, I really wish that I would have taken my time. Now, don't get me wrong. I love my man and we have an incredibly beautiful marriage. But if we had a little bit more time, I think we would have dived into some incredible resources. Like the one I'm getting ready to tell you about. Countdown to Marriage is an online course created by Legacy Family Ministries, and it is the ultimate preparation for a meaningful and fulfilling marriage. Countdown to Marriage will help an engaged couple to connect and lay a solid foundation before declaring their vows. In this six session course, Legacy Family Ministries walks couples through practical topics like communication styles, conflict management, sexual intimacy, shared finances, and even how to navigate relationships with (laughs) in-laws. Can I get an amen on that? The course is led by Byron and Carla Weathersby, who have spent nearly 30 years, you heard that right, 30 years preparing thousands of couples for marriage, including Chip and Joanna Gaines. The Countdown to Marriage course provides engaging training videos, actionable resources from each lesson, and really important discussion questions to get couples talking about what matters most. Now, if you are engaged to be married or you know someone who is, I want you to visit legacycountdown.com/online and enter the code IVMEDIA to save 25% off the cost of the course. Again, that's legacycountdown.com/online and use IV, that's I V E Y media at checkout to receive 25% off. Here's the deal. We need stronger marriages. We need marriages that will last through really hard things. And the only way for us to see that is to see couples living on the offense, not the defense, before they walk down the aisle, getting equipped with a solid foundation so that their marriage lasts. Check it out. Well, if you are a faithful listener of the Still Coloring Podcast and you listen to season one, then you've heard me share about an organization near and dear to my heart, Africa New Life. And you also know that I have been sponsoring a student named Sandrine Ishamwe since she captured my heart during a trip to Rwanda in 2019. Now, God has created an extraordinary transformation in Rwanda, and we want more communities and families to see, hear, and feel the good news this Christmas. Currently, more than 11,000 students are sponsored through Africa New Life, confidently pursuing their education while being encouraged by local staff and gaining access to medical support and other care, all while learning about Jesus, y'all. As Africa New Life continues to support communities in Rwanda and disciple families, they really need more sponsors to come alongside students. These students and their families have faithfully prayed for a sponsor for a while now, trusting that God will provide. And we know that God will continue to work miracles in Rwanda. And fam, listen, we have the incredible opportunity to be a part of this. This holiday season, as we expectantly wait for our Savior, let's provide joy and hope to students in Rwanda by sponsoring their education. I have made it a person goal for our still coloring family to sponsor 50 to 100 african new life students this holiday season listen this isn't about numbers we are talking about 50 to 100 individual students individual families whose lives will be drastically changed and i just think that's a beautiful way to celebrate the birth of our savior by helping transform a young person's life and being a part of a transformative chain reaction that will empower an entire community. Listen, if you're ready to be a part of some amazing Christmas joy, go to africanewlife.org forward slash Tony to see the students waiting for sponsorship right now. It will change their life and it will undoubtedly change yours. Again, that's africanewlife.org slash T-O-N-I. Let's hit our goal of 50 to 100 students, and let's change the lives of 50 to 100 people and beyond. Okay, let me just say this first and foremost. I have always said and will always stand on the fact that we don't get to fall into the pain comparison trap, that our traumas are... You know, and trauma has been this like flash word, you know, where everyone's like, oh, trauma, this trauma, that here's the deal. Trauma is when you feel unsafe and when you feel an amount of pain that is relative to you with no way out and you're alone yeah, in it. So absolutely, yeah, that that is trauma. And what's crazy, Ruth, is that you and I are so similar in this that when I wrote the podcast notes, I was like, okay, what's the one thing that I want the listener to get out of this with Ruth? And I mm-hmm. literally put, I want guests to get out of this episode that sometimes we stay in pain because we choose to strive to numb the pain instead mm-hmm. of striving to you heal. You wrote that? I li- instead of striving to heal it. I was typing it out right before you got on the phone um, or in the podcast and I'm like, I know what it is that I want the listener to know and and the the pain that you're talking about, the trauma that you're talking about is so familiar to me as a little girl striving to make my dad proud. Like, That's a true trauma because you just never, you never meet it. There's no escape. And so when there's no escape, you have to start numbing to survive. And so, yeah, Ruth. Okay. We know that it started this journey of striving. Now, here's the question. We know that our childhood wounds turn into adult wounds if we don't allow them to heal and seal and turn into adult scars. Okay. How did you take... How did little Ruth take all that striving and how did it start to leak into the rest of your story?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, um I was really successful at it. You don't keep doing something unless it's working you at some level. Oh, that's
0: right? good. Yeah. I mean, it's
1: like the striving was working at some level. And yeah. so it seemed like a good way to go, right? If yep. you just wear the right clothes, you say yep. the right things, you just make everybody proud and I struggled mm. with feeling like my dad didn't care or didn't want to have a relationship with me mm-hmm. so i just tried harder and harder and tried to be more impressive tried to be more relationally available all the things you can yeah. imagine and sometimes it worked a little bit right yep. so that positive tiny bit of positive reinforcement where yep. you say say wow when i did this I became worthy of being paid attention to. So you're just going to keep trying and trying mm. and trying. And that might look like getting A's. That might look like dating the right people and mm. never being a disappointment and never showing that you made a mistake. Yeah. That might look like being a perfectionist and never letting your guard down. That might look like not being vulnerable so mm. that everybody will know that you've got it all together. We all have our versions of numbing that mm. out. But if it works for you just a little tiny a bit, little bit. You get a little ahead. You'll start replicating that action over and over again, thinking that that is what's going to cause you to survive. That's what's going to cause you to belong. And that's how other people will give you what you really, really need. Mm -hmm. And Tony, you and I know what that is. It's love. While we're looking for is truly to be loved and welcomed and to say, you belong here. And in so many ways, and I started with the story of being an Asian American because It was just – that was the outward side of it, right, that I didn't look like anyone. I didn't speak the language, that I didn't bring the right lunch. But even within the context of my own home, Mm. I never felt like I was fully enough and fully okay. Mm. And so it did leak into everything. It leaked into um, Mm. the kind of pressure I felt in high school, thinking that – It was never good enough. My work had to be better and better and better. It leaked into my relationships. Mm -hmm. It leaked into um, sleepless nights and Mm -hmm. being overwhelmed constantly at the level of perfectionism that I felt that I had to keep up Mm -hmm. in order to belong in the world that I was set into.
0: Ruth, I got teary. And our listeners, our regular listeners and watchers, they already know. They're like, yep, Tony gonna be crying. She cry every time. I just... I don't know. I had a moment where I saw little Ruth, like just on this hamster wheel, trying her best, trying to figure out. You know, like almost like sitting in the cafeteria, saying, "Okay, duly noted." Like, okay, you get that kind of bread, and you get that kind of lunch meat, bologna. All right, if I do that tomorrow, then I'll be able to do this. And it's there. Obviously, I'm crying because it hits a part of little Tony. It triggers a part of me and my childhood but i just i think i also love a good redemption story and i just know that the lord was looking at little ruth saying you are enough just as you are and that he made me right like that oh. that it had to
1: I, I feel like it's hard to say in 2022 you know that it was really hard for me to accept the way i looked the mm. my background to 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 really enjoy and accept the way God made me. Mm. Um, I hate to say it, but, you know, I remember when we, um, after college, Troy and I went and spent a summer teaching English in China. Mm. And um, Tony, it was so funny because at that point I thought that I had already like kind of graduated from some of the striving. Yeah. And I still remember, you know, this won't surprise you, but I was shopping. <laughs> and I was like, like thumbing through some of the the market finds and I was—it was specifically said to me multiple times. You won't fit into that. You are too fat. <gasps> and it was said to me that way because I am not a small—you know—I'm not a naturally small Asian woman. And there's just a cultural norm and maybe a cultural expectations that you might be tiny. And I just am not. And so, I mean, if you—Oh my just gosh! Live your whole life with people telling you that you have to fix something about yourself mm. then, I mean, it just seems funny. That's why I'm saying like 2022, aren't we like so much more yeah. than this, but even saying it out loud, I feel, I remember those feelings. Um, I remember that pain. I, mm. I think I shared this with my friend Vivian at one point and I'll just say this here because it was one of the most painful moments, but even when I was married, um, an extended family member was, um, an, from an older generation that, that passed away. Um, made a comment and it was said to me, it was relayed to me as if it was funny, but he said that Ruth, she's so pretty. She doesn't even look Chinese. (gasps) And Tony, I I just want to share something like that so that you know the depths of why there was some self-loathing,
0: not because I
1: didn't love my heritage, but because I couldn't figure out how I could feel like I didn't have to fix myself all the time, mm. and so I think what happens is that we get stuck in the cycle of thinking: if I just just do this one more thing, if I just sign up for this next workshop, if I just um, mm. step into this next plan of self improvement round the bend, that's where I'll get what I really need: friends and mm. belonging, a spouse that you know treats me the way I want to be treated, or Whatever it is, you can fill in the blank. But I think I just want our listeners to know that you don't we don't have to have the same story. You don't have to be raised as an Asian mm-hmm. American. You don't have to be born in another country to know that that ache when you walk into a room mm. and you feel like you can't show up as yourself. You have to fix yourself before you come in the room. And so Woo. that was that was my entire childhood. So I just i just wanted to lay this day well you did you laid it
0: down dang it and it's unfortunate because this hits so it hits so close to the tender parts of my story and so i'm trying to get myself together because i need to lead i'm in charge right now on the podcast you know um but i i just feel like there's someone listening right now and watching right now that's like yep i know that and and here's the deal like again you don't have to come from a certain cultural subtext you don't have to like the world itself is telling us in so many different ways via media via social media digital print they're literally saying i mean you have to be perfect to be used like you have to be perfect to be used you have to be this kind of way and for for christians like us we're like oh no like we serve a jesus that literally flipped everything on its head and quite literally said, actually I want to use you in some of the most broken, painful parts of you and watch me do it. If you read my word, yes. if you read the stories in the Bible, watch me take these scraggly, ratchet, crazy thieves, kill killers, like watch me take them and use them for my glory just as is. And An exact the exact
1: opposite yeah. of what we are told every day when when both culturally and yeah. environmentally, I'm always told, and I was always told, basically you're worthy of being paid attention to if you meet expectation if you show up the way yeah. everybody wants you to show up but god literally is like show up as you are mm. because through christ he's paid the price for everything that we need to walk right on in mm. and be with him forevermore and i think about how um i tell a story oh, in so um in my trade in the one driving season my book most recently that there was a time when my dad literally said to me that he wasn't paying attention to me because Mm. I hadn't finished the dishes yet. Mm. I mean, Tony, it's like, it's a wonder that I didn't um, just do the dishes all the time because I wanted him to pay attention to me so badly. Yeah. And so it translates to my everyday life all the time. I don't know if you're like this too, but even now I'm about to turn 47 years old as of tomorrow, by the way. Um, I, I literally am about to be a 47-year-old who sometimes still struggles with thinking that God wants Mm. me to fix myself, clean myself up, and get everything in order and make sure that I get caught up in my Bible reading plan Mm. before I really come and pour my heart out to him. I still struggle with thinking that I have to strive and kind of bring myself to him with all the bells and whistles. And Really, he's like, girl, you don't have any bells and whistles. Just come on in. Yeah. And he's oh. like, I, I've, I've, I'm bringing everything, everything that you need to be worthy mm. of being in my presence. And I created you, I made you, I know exactly who you are in all your intricacies. And you're welcome. Mm. Because I'm the one who welcomes you. Mm. And and I think that that's just a message that we don't hear yeah. because we're, 100%. Um, we're in a self improvement time. Yeah, 100%. In, in you know, in culture. And so we're always in the self-bettering situation, which basically just feeds that pain inside of me. And so if I don't fight it actively, Tony, I will revert back to um, kind of feeding that pain and saying, oh, yeah. I better, I better just keep on doing what's worked in the past, even if it yeah. kind of didn't really work, but it worked a little bit so little, little keep bit. on doing it.
0: Well, here's what I was literally getting ready to ask you. You know, there are people on here right now that's like, mm, that's me. I'm an achiever. I've been striving out here. I've been overcompensating, trying to make sure that I show up for God. I say this all the time. Like, you know, I was taught about the God that's like at the end of the tunnel. And he's like, when you clean yourself up, then I'll be down here waiting for you to get through all your mess when really he's the one that's lighting the tunnel and the way for us to to go forward. Um what do you do to combat it? Like how in the world do you look at striving and say, number one, you don't have a stronghold on my life. I have something more to look forward to, but here's what I'm going to do to make sure that I don't go that route. How do you do that?
1: Right. Okay. Can I answer that by telling a quick story and saying, ready? my mom um, had a lot of pain in her life. Mm -hmm. So when she was raising me, she, felt like she had to put all this pressure on me at some level to meet her expectations because she thought that that was the ticket out that through me somehow Mm. I could fix all the pain that she had felt growing Mm. up. And we can do the same thing with our children. And at the heart of it is fear, right? At the heart of it is fear and thinking that you're in control. So that somehow your fear of missing out on the good life. So you're going to control your circumstances which is striving, control Ooh. the circumstances so that you can get something that you don't trust God for. Mm. And so how we combat that is to stop believing that you're in full control. Because the more I keep thinking that I am the hero of my story and that I'm in control, the more I'm going to keep on feeding that, right? I'm going to say, well, if I control my kids, if I control my husband, if I control Mm. my home, if I control my career, if I control the internet's perception of me, then I will get what I want. Oh my gosh. And that's why we live in that tyranny. It's tyrannous to constantly oh sit gosh. there and feel like if I don't control every single perception of who I am, I won't belong. And at the end of the day, little Ruth inside will not have the love and the welcome that she so desires. And so the way I combat that every single day, Tony, is literally before I even turn on my phone, I have to realign my heart, yeah. reposture myself to remember that God is God and I'm not. Period. It is. It sounds a little like that should be like well, of course, Ruth, oh, right. you are not God. But I'm telling you, I sure act like it sometimes. Oh, I act like I it sure by be the way trying I control to be. Things. yep Right. And so it's, it's pretty simple and pretty practical. But I actually have to know who God is mm. because my little imaginary tales that are going on in my mind usually say something like, God doesn't really want to talk to you until you um, mm. do three hours of Bible study today. God's not really going to talk to you until you mm. get brave and start doing what you said you're going to do. God's not going to really want to like really work with you until your kids are more obedient. That's what the kind of narrative that goes in my, around in my head, right? Yeah. Fix, you know, heal from your trauma before you can be used of God, like you said. Yeah. And so I have to replace those narratives with Mm. truth. And Tony, I don't know how else to do that besides witnessing God's glory by stepping outside or being like a witness to how he's Mm. in charge. And then also going to his word and hearing how he says he's in
0: charge. Okay, I want to go to nature because Matthew chapter 6, verse 26, I mean, how much more does God care for you when he cares for the sparrows and the robins? Like we look at all of nature. We look at everything that he's built and the things that are untouched by man. And if we really sit and look and take it in, I do think it does something to our striving. What does it do when we walk out in nature? What happens? How can we start using nature to our benefit?
1: I mean, the Bible tells us the heavens declare the glory of God, right? That we're literally like called into praise when we step outside. It doesn't matter where you live. You don't have to live in the mountains like I do. But wherever you live, I guarantee you, when you step outside, you are humbled and are brought to the awareness Mm. that you did not call this day into order. Oh, You are not control in control of the sun or the weather, that Mm. you don't call the stars out at night. And and if you would just pause and stop just a little bit, I actually keep a lot of house plants in my house. Which you, which you saw. I do know. I I do a lot of that because it helps me see it in my home and outside of my home that I can water, I can care for things, but I don't cause the growth. I don't cause growth, and so. I really have house plants, and I say that I'm a plant lady because I need those reminders everywhere I turn in my home. Mm. I want those reminders when I go outside. Like I can water it, I can prune, I can help take care of something. That's but at the good. end of the day, God is in control. He's the one mm. that that um, created that seed from which there would be a tree mm. that can grow out of it, and I can't make that happen. And so it just kind of realigns the way I think about Mm. my role each day. It realigns the way I, if I think that there's power in me being like the most amazing person today, you know what? If I'm not fueled by fear, if I'm not constantly thinking that if I don't strive harder, I'll Mm. miss out on everything. If I'm settled in, oh, look at what God's provided. Look at who Mm. God is. And when I'm in Christ, look what I've been brought into, the fellowship with God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and all, when, when, when Paul says that he's given us everything we need for life and godliness, man, if I would really just tap into that and go, okay, oh. I don't lack anything. I lack mm. nothing, right? When we start there, then every awesome thing that I want to do today, because listen, Tony, you and I are not talking about sitting back and eating bonbons and not clearing an <laughs> inbox or doing a bad job yeah. on the very work that God's given us. Yeah. But we do it fueled by grace, not fueled trying to get more grace right when we're fueled by grace we run hard and we run with intention and fervor but we do it because we already have everything we need Mm. we just want to steward it well but when you're running fearful then you're always running and you're chased by the fear that you won't belong and you're running away from that fear Mm. and it's just tyrannous and it doesn't actually fuel you
0: in the long run So, if you're looking for a new Bible study, I want to tell y'all about one from my friends at Women of Welcome. Their team has created a real beautiful, simple, and also free Hello Somebody Bible study that can be done individually or even with a group. Women of Welcome is a community dedicated to diving into the whole of scripture to understand God's heart for the immigrant and the refugee. The welcome of Christ was astonishing to the culture around him. I mean, he gave voice to the speechless, frustrated the powerful, he humbled the wise, and as Christians, our welcome should be like his, wonderfully surprising, deeply challenging, and firmly rooted in love. Not just love for the people in our neighborhood, the people that look like us, believe like us, talk like us, walk like us, but love for all every single human being all created in the imago day, the image of God. What's incredible is that last year, I actually got to go to the Mexico border with Women of Welcome, and it was incredible. My eyes were opened, my heart was humbled, compassion grew. I mean, it was beautiful and hard at the same time. Now, when you decide to start following Women of Welcome and learning from them, I want you to know that you will venture into a journey of understanding biblical hospitality in a fresh... And authentic way. Now, a great starting point is their Christ like welcome study, and you can download it for free today. Spend five weeks in the Word exploring the beautiful welcome of Jesus toward his most beloved creation, human beings. Humans, y'all. We're talking about God's plan A, his daughters and his sons. Now, to download your free copy of the Christ like welcome study, visit welcome. Tony. That's womenofwelcome.com slash Tony for your free Bible study. Go grab it right now and become more like Christ. All right, here's the question do you have big goals for 2023 or are you like me taking it one day at a time just trying to stay on top of my crazy to-do lists? Okay, I'm gonna be honest. I'm actually feeling pretty excited about the new year and that's in part because of the prep dish meal plans I've recently started using. Y'all listen, I don't really like to cook, okay? I just gotta be honest about that, but these meal plans have been helping me cook and enjoy really delicious, healthy meals even on weeknights. Now, I don't even have to think about what I need to cook okay i let the prep dish team take care of it for me every friday i receive four meal prep meal plans straight to my inbox gluten-free paleo low carb and super fast which takes just one hour to prep five healthy dinners for the whole week y'all Prepping my week's meals with these time-saving meal plans has been a total game changer for my weeknights. I never have to think about what's for dinner, and I have so much more free time to relax with my family in the evenings. Now, the founder, Allison, is both a dietitian and a chef, and I just love knowing that our meals are not only delicious, but nutritionally balanced as well. Plus, she's a mom like me to two little boys, so she gets the need to feed a family without spending hours in the kitchen every night night. Now, if you want to serve healthy homemade meals without the stress, the founder Allison is offering my listeners, the Still Coloring Podcast listeners, a free two-week trial to try it out. And you can't beat that, okay? So check out prepdish.com Tony for this amazing deal. Again, that's prepdish.com slash T-O-N-I for your first two weeks free. This is is a no-brainer, y'all. I mean, I love free stuff. I love saving time. Go get it done, okay? Oh, I'm telling you, th- this episode is for me, okay? I, if it ain't for you listening and watching, it is for me. I literally am in a season right now. I It's been cool. I've been seeing like this word, I, like the soft life. Like I want to live the soft life. And it's honestly mm. this whole idea of like, I don't want any more testimonies, Ruth, okay? I'm not trying to have no more messes turned into miracles out here, okay? <laughs> I just want a regular degular soft life. But I love the concept of a soft life because it's not saying that, that hard times won't come. I mean, the Bible is very clear about the fact that we're gonna experience hardship. But it is saying that we don't have to do it like what you said with fear chasing us. We don't have yeah. to do it constantly looking back. We can look up first and then mm-hmm. out into the horizons because that is is where God's calling us to pursue. I just wonder if there's someone who has fear in their life that I mean, for me, yeah. it's scarcity mindset. Like we didn't grow up with totally. much. My dad was, you know, he was just the type of guy that was like, we po, we po all the time, and I'm like, are we really poor? Why are you scaring us? But then also after my divorce, being a single mom, you know, being on yeah. WIC, food stamps. I mean, I've experienced a level of poverty, and so I just wonder if there are people like us who's got. This scarcity mindset—who's got some sort of fear—that's just like following us. Like, what do we do with that? Where do we place that fear so that we can stop striving and look ahead?
1: I think we look at square in the face and say, "You don't have control over me." Oh. And you speak and you preach the word of God to mm. your fear, and you replace those thoughts. That's what preaching to yourself really is: yeah. is that you take a good sermon in the scriptures. That might be a psalm. That might be Paul's words in the the, the letters to the churches. You take the truth of who God is and Mm. what he's done for you and you say, you'd look square at, okay, so let's say this morning, um, if my fear is I can't handle, I can't handle, like I'm the wrong girl for this job. Mm. I literally can't figure out what to do next. And I feel totally scared that I'm going to screw everything up and it paralyzes me. Mm. So how do I address that? I could either numb that pain, like like at the start of this episode, we can numb that pain by um, looking better on social media yeah. or impressing everybody or going shopping at Nordstrom, you know, like all those <laughs> things, real fun, but not calling anybody out. I'm just, just saying. talking about myself, okay. just talking about myself, but there's a lot of ways we can numb ourselves out, yeah. but how much freer will I be if I stop and just say, what's the truth? What, what do I know that is true? It does my happiness actually depend on me being the most amazing leader? Mm. Hmm. It won't because you know what? God's my leader and he's placed me in this role that he's going to equip me for. Wow. And he literally has done that over and over again through yeah. all of scripture. When somebody's a weak leader, when somebody's like, I can't do this, Moses, when somebody says, I'm out, I can't do it. What does he do? He raises up the very person that he's mm. called and he brings people alongside. So like when you speak those truths to yourself and remind yourself yeah. what he's already done in the past and how he will continue to do it, yeah. what his promises are going forward, then you kind of stop the mm. narrative, the lie from actually getting rooted in your mind mm, and love permeating that. your actions for the day.
0: Woo-hoo! I love that. We got to speak truth to our fears. Somebody just needs to hear that. That and, and what I love so much about what you're saying is that it's not that we are dismissing or pretending or again numbing our fears. It's that we are sprinkling some truth on them, suckers, so that they don't have a stronghold yeah. on us. Yeah. And that's what we need. Like, I, I mean, gone are the days, I think, hopefully in the church where it's like faith over fear really means right. that, you know, that the, the fear just doesn't exist, that we just don't have any any presence of fear. No, we're gonna be scared a little bit, okay? But it's what we do with that fear and how we invite God and his presence to come in and handle it with us. And I love that we've already got the tools. I think sometimes we forget, right? Like striving to me sometimes feels like you have blinders on to God's truth and his help. And you're just like running towards your thing. You're like clamoring all around. And really he's saying, drop those down, pick up my truth, pick up my presence. I'm here with you. You can do this. And here's the crazy
1: thing is for those of us who are strivers, and here, Tony, you and I cannot be the only ones here. Striving right now, committee. I'm sure. Okay. I mean, <laughs> we're, we're, we're the- um, We're president you know, the and vice president. This, <laughs> yes, vice. That's exactly right. For those of us who are recovering strivers, mm. it's really easy to even take spiritual and godly things and make them formula things. To be like, oh, well, I shouldn't have to feel any more pain Ooh. if I now- You know, turn to the Lord and preach truth to myself. Listen, preaching truth to yourself is not a formula, and God's not obligated. He's not obligated to remove the pain in your life. It's that you align yourself back with Mm. who He is and His purposes. And the way Mm. you address the pain then is to say, Whatever your will, because you are enough. When God is enough, then it doesn't matter if you walk through the valley mm. of the shadow of death, right? It doesn't matter if you are having a Psalm 23 season of your life. Yeah. That He will go with you. His, He will be your comfort, right? He will lead mm. you to still waters. Like that will actually be His job, not yours. And so I think I just want to, I just want to say that ahead of this just to make sure that we recognize like even the the tools of stepping outside and recognizing recognizing that he's a creator God, Mm. that our hearts can grow large in awe and wonder when we remember that he is a creator. And even if we preach truth, truth to ourselves and we read the Bible and we have a robust prayer time, It's about surrender, Tony. It's not about demanding that he remove the pain. And so we're talking about embracing the pain. Pain is not always a consequence to our our choices. Sometimes pain happens because the earth is fallen. Mm. And sometimes pain is allowed in our lives because he loves us so much that he will use whatever means possible for us to stop striving and come to him surrendered. And so if uh, we stop there, then our expectations shift a little. We stop yeah. thinking, hey, if I do these things, if I stop striving and I do it right, then yeah. I will ex- stop experiencing pain. Yeah. I'll just tell you, I told you the first of, half of my story that was kind of like, you know, little Ruth to about college age. Yeah. There's a whole lot of pain in the second half of the story. There's a whole mm. lot of pain. And Tony, you got to you've heard some of those in our yep. personal conversations pain in my 30s there's been pain in my 40s there's pain even now but mm. how we choose to posture our hearts regarding mm. who god is and who we are will affect the way we handle pain season by
0: season man there's so many things that come to mind I, my husband says that god didn't lie uh, didn't promise us a life of perfection he promised that he'd be with us in the mm-hmm. imperfection the I, loved, I love what you said too. Oh my gosh, I'm just like taking all the notes. But even like a lot of us think that it is striving for perfection that gets us to success when really it is surrender, what you're saying. It, it is the, the idea that, you know, I wake up every morning now and I've been saying this thing, Jesus, I give everyone and everything to you. I I say that first thing in the morning because I need to hand it over. Because I'm telling you, I'm going through life with all my stuff real close to me, like you said, trying to control everything, thinking that it's going to work. Tight fisted. -fisted. I'm like, it's mine, it's mine, it's mine. I'm doing it, I'm crushing it. When really God's saying, hand it over. And he's not, and here's the thing. I don't think God's saying hand it over, like, come on, don't do that. What are you doing? This is so dumb. No, I think he's saying, no, I want this. Like he's the, you know, the player on the sidelines of our lives saying, put me in coach. I've got some like power for your weakness. Okay, Ruth, I'm going to, I have this last thing that I'm going to do. I've done it every episode. Um, If you were sitting across from someone, I'm probably going to cry. And they're in a painful season and they're just striving to numb, striving to perform instead of striving to heal and actually surrender. Um, What would you say to them?
1: Wow. Well, I love that moment because I love being able to sit across the table from someone and say, girl, you are more loved than you know. You are more Mm -hmm. forgiven than you could possibly imagine and I would take her to Ephesians 2 mm-hmm. and read everything that is new and true about our identity in Christ. Everything you see on that list, forgiven, free, made right, brought into fellowship with Christ, mm-hmm. all those things that you see are things that at the core, if we if we follow all our longings all the way back to the beginning, mm-hmm. at the core, we want to know that we are here on purpose. Yeah. We were made on purpose. We have a purpose that we are actually um loved and we truly belong. And so I I truly would say to that striver and I if we have someone who's listening in on this conversation and and um this has hit home for you, I would just say um nothing else will ever satisfy until you mm. know that you are loved and that you belong in the family of God. Mm. That's who you were made for. Yeah. That's the presence that you have been seeking. Mm. You're not going to find it with friends with activities, with more success, with more money. None of those Mm. things will ever satisfy. You were created to be satisfied in Christ alone. Mm. And even Augustine said, um, we are restless until we find our rest in him. And so I would just say, I get it. I understand your striving, Mm. but you can let your striving down because he's got something so much better for you.
0: Yay. Ruth, can you pray for us?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, that's good. Father, we thank you that you are who you say you are. Father, I am so grateful that we can have this conversation on the other side of deep pain, um, untold stories and brokenness that um, you know so well. You know all the sleepless nights and the times that we've cried out to you wondering, Mm. Lord, are we ever going to heal from this, this ache and this pain? And Father, from this other side, Tony and I are having this conversation about striving, knowing that, Lord, we can't do this on our own. No one listening here, we can't do this on our own. We cannot suddenly tomorrow just lay our strivings down if we don't have something better in its place. Mm. And so, Father, thank you that you are what's better. You, through Christ, have made it possible for us to surrender all those um, vehicles of striving, all the ways in which we try to mm. um, achieve or attain or grasp for ourselves something that we don't quite trust you for. Mm. Lord, I pray that you would cause us and anyone who's listening right now to trust you for those things that we long for the most. Mm. Lord, when you satisfy, um, nothing else will do. And so I, I pray mm. for our friends here listening in that um, right where they are, right there in car line or during a grocery run or in the middle of a really difficult day that you father would meet their need and comfort their hearts and walk with them mm. through the valley, through the pain, through the through the temptation to strive constantly. And would you give us freedom as we lay down our striving and receive your grace receive Mm. all that you've given us so that we might run with endurance in weakness because your strength is made perfect we love you and we thank you ahead of time for all that you will do in and through us in jesus name Mm. amen
0: amen ruth you know what i was thinking when you were praying i was like this is one of those episodes that you listen to more than once because from striver to striver Like it doesn't just poof magically go away, right? Like I just not all of a sudden not a striver anymore. It is like in me, okay? Um, And so for those of you out there that love this episode and it spoke to you, I want to encourage you to listen to it again and again. Keep reminding yourself of what to do, these practical tips, because I I, I just can't wait. I can't wait to listen to it again myself, okay? Ruth, I love you. I'm grateful for you.
1: Thanks so much for having me. So
0: good. Yay! Hey, I just want to thank you so much for listening to the Still Coloring Podcast with Tony Collier. I am so absolutely grateful to hold the stories of brokenness that we get to share with you and the honor that it is to point you to both resources and ultimately to our source, Jesus Christ. If you can't get enough of the show, we'd love for you to leave a rating and or a review wherever you listen to podcasts. And spread the word. If you've got someone in your life who you think would benefit from this show, don't keep it from them. And if Instagram is your thing, I want you to meet me there, at Tony J. Collier. I'm a little wild, so buckle up. We'll see you next time as we all lean into the stories that help us claim hope and grit over our own lives. See you soon. The Still Coloring Podcast is a production of Ivy Media Podcasts. It's produced and edited by Angie Elkins. The music is by Sam Collier of A Greater Story. Artwork is done by Natalie Maxi of Nueva Creative. The show notes are by Allie Young of Wild Young 3. And I am your host, Tony Collier. And I want to remind you that you can heal and find hope and grit right in the middle of it.